podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. We're called Whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> This is the Whistleblowers, uh, and I'm Martin Gritton in a very end-of-term vibe here at the Whistleblowers HQ. We've, uh, we've got the board games out. Um, everyone's kind of zoned out for the rest of the season, apart from the couple of people who have still exams at the end to play for, doing very strange courses, um, uh, which would be um, two of my guys who are here with me today. So, Mark... It's good to have you back. Thanks for a regular me back. feature. I, I've included Derby as a, as a weird uh, end of term exam that just is kind yeah. of always drags out later than ever. I like how stretched the analogy is already, okay. and I, I hope you use it throughout the entire show. I'm going to stretch yeah. this analogy so far because <laughs> yeah. I haven't got a backup one. Um, uh, Mark, it's great to have you here uh, after a, a slight. A slight gap. We 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 we, we put in a, a good series of performances. Yeah, you had a, no, you had a few I, ninety minutes in, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, then did a hammy. I think a verbal hammy. Been yeah, out for in about America, six weeks. which I'd love to touch on a little bit more. That's yes, that was a sporting holiday, but not really uh, football or soccer. And uh, uh, American sport is a lovely segue to uh, another man who's a who's a lover of of all things America, but um, uh, also our our resident music mogul and becoming a regular feature here, Gareth Gareth hey. Dobson. Thank you for having me back. Great to have you back, sir. Um, it's been uh, been an interesting few weeks um, for us off the pitch in our fantasy football league, but we, we can come on to that later as well. Absolutely. Um, as a champion, but uh, on the pitch, <laughs> uh, on the pitch, I Petty. think, is slightly more interesting because um, your beloved Spurs are going for something and still have some skin in the game. So to, to drag the analogy out a little bit more, you are still, you're still in exam time. You're still having to be switched on and, and, and put some results out there. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think if you're going to push it, then Derby are doing resits, or maybe it's summer school, <laughs> because they haven't quite finished the exams Definitely first time round. Definitely held back. Yeah, and I think that's fair. We've been held back about six years now, though, is the problem. <laughs> yeah, and it, can t- it shows, Mark. It really does. Yeah. It shows. It's, we've now got like the, the Luke Perry 25-year-old who's still at the back of the class. Roberson. In what sixth form. What was that from? Dazed and Confused? That <laughs> yeah. guy that just turns up, you yeah. know, and... Uh, he and gets the, older. Yeah, there you go. Well, uh couple of things to touch on anyway so uh, we're back by Labrooks um, as ever so if you wanted to uh, go and check out the latest offers it's bet.thewhistleblowers.net um, and you can obviously check that out on our social accounts which is all handily linked uh, our first story I, I wanted to go to is Mark Hughes's uh, dark arts uh, <laughs> which was amazing him going to Swansea and then being tiffed out of the hotel by uh, local Swansea and not uh, it didn't implicate Swansea at all in, in any of this maybe just a disgruntled Swansea uh, fan worker in yep. the hotel but um, he's done he's done pretty well there hasn't he he's either timed he's got that new manager bump or he's timed it to perfection because Swansea kind of lost that uh, at the very wrong time of the season did you catch any of that did you watch the game last night I did see it yeah did it, you yeah did, did you not no don't you host a I've hit podcast watching, here stop watching got, yeah stop watching football mate you've it's, tuned it's out summertime yeah absolutely mate. Celtic we were in the league in like February it's fine yeah so yeah, yeah no um, I, uh, but that's around the same sort of time where Swansea had their bump right they were they were having a great time just after Christmas and they looked like they were probably gonna for, for me actually I mentally I mentally sort of wrote it off that they were gonna be in a relegation fight I felt like they were playing good stuff had this little bump, and it looked like Carvajal was the guy. And 
the players firing again, you know, and, and all of a sudden, I don't know what's happened. I blink for two seconds, go on holiday for two weeks, come back, everything's changed. But up Hughes, is down, down is up. But Hughes has done a good job, though, hasn't he, Gareth? I mean, like, he, he is one of the architects. He's the Premier League guy. He's a go-to guy for anyone from eight down. You know, that someone that's kind of, they've run out of ideas. They've tried this creative, they've tried the creative flair. They've tried, we'll get, we'll get someone in that's cool, that, that manages the club from top to bottom, or someone that comes in with this kind of progressive mentality of management of a club where you kind of just, you're, you're, you slot in. But Mark Hughes, you've got to kind of give him the keys to the safe a little bit, haven't you? Um, I don't know. It's weird you, you have this change in perception when managers join different clubs. When he went to Stoke, he was seen as the progressive manager who was going to change the old police ways. And he, he was seen to have done that for a couple of seasons. And then in Southampton, he's more the safe pair of hands. But I, I guess he's fulfilled his remit. I don't know if he did that spectacularly well. They couldn't buy a goal until the last couple of games. when They were terrible, though, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, and I, I don't think they've performed particularly well, even though... They've got, you know, four points in the last two games. They've looked handy. I mean, they, I think it's just the energy about them or that's like fear factor, you know, when you're just on the edge of the cliff and that's the only time you realise it. The Premier League, perhaps someone makes you aware of it, whether it's, you know, your contract or yeah. it's, it's I mean, this kind of I think reality. Southampton definitely look more capable than Swansea has in the last few weeks, whereas there was this kind of growing sense of doom about Swansea. Southampton, you always felt, you know, had, the wherewithal to, to go and get a couple of wins. So, yeah. Um, one in seven. Swansea haven't won in seven. That's pretty. That, that's. That's relegation form. Yeah. He's not, I mean, to be honest, there's a lot of relegation form down there, naturally. I mean, just by math, <laughs> math, mathematics. But the, like Darren Moore, before he put in his, his oh, run, I mean, their, their numbers were. Yeah. Phenomenal. And I kind of feel that it's a bit. You know, I'm sure we're not allowed to swear on this, but it's absolute shithousery way to go down for him yeah. because he wasn't even there. You'd Manager want to look into the, the colour of his eyes down. and go, sorry, Darren, you know, somehow have, he needs some sort of, some more respectful way than the, the way that he's done. To be fair, they'd had no right to be involved in the... In no, not at all. But he should be given like a nice fruit basket or a hamper exactly. with the words, by not, the way, you not have to on yeah. a Maybe. Tuesday night, sitting no. at home. Sitting at home doesn't seem right at all. sky. Yeah. No, yeah. but I must say the, the the dark arts comment from Hughes. I mean, he says he thinks that might have motivated the team, and I think that's a strange one because you it's you're looking at relegation. That should be that should be motivation enough, shouldn't it? You, you're about to not be a Premier League footballer oh, no. anymore. You should, that should be motivation. However, that whole sort of us against them mentality can, can work sometimes, can't it? And, and if, even if it is the Marriott hotel chain that he's picking on. He's, he's managed his team to a, to a victory in their biggest game in years. I mean, speaking of dark arts, what about the theory that it was, in fact, Hughes who's created this entire situation? Wow. I mean, that, that would be something. Yeah. The double bluff. Lads, the world's all against us, including the Swansea Marriott. Yeah, and Hughes is currently sat on a swiveling chair with a, a white cat on his lap, and he's yeah. just stroking it with a white I mean, you look on. at him as a player. He, he was a man who uh, understood how to get any advantage. He was yeah. all, all elbows and... Uh, yeah. That's a great theory. I do like that. And if and if it is true, if it turns out Mark Hughes is the architect behind this, then they should be really they should strip Man City of the league and give it to give it to Southampton. That's not gonna. That's not gonna happen. Uh, so <laughs> D- no, Dirk, Dirk Arts. I, I've been well. While you two have been talking, I've been look, I've been googling Dirk Arts. Do you know you, Dirk you, Arts you, weren't, you weren't listening to us. Uh, Dirk Arts is the head of the Belgian competition law department. I he I'm sure he is a football agent on some respects. Well, because I'm sure when I when one of my first jobs was uh, like a sports PR company was just compiling a list of football agents and Dirk Arts kept coming Dirk up and I kept making you want to say like Dirk Arts you know like some sort of yeah, yeah. I can't do the accent I but mean, like a Dirk it. Arts 
No, no, that, that sounds no. I can't Just do Belgian. <laughs> Listen, we'll go Dutch. McLaren it. McLaren it. <laughs> Derek Hines is a football agent, so I just, you know, I thought, at first I thought it was a Mark Hughes was referencing, but that's just kind of tailed off. Let's move on to um, <laughs> not, just being a sad, <laughs> not just being a sad end for the baggies, sad end for Darren Moore, but, I mean, in reality, are we looking at the bottom three there? If it was Swansea, West Brom and Stoke, is that kind of a fitting bottom three to go down? Are we quite glad that the West Midlands has been, West Midlands to Wales has been, been purged? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, just to interject for then, I don't think you can count out Huddersfield quite yet. No, two very difficult games to end on. If they if they don't win, if they don't get a point from the last two, and Swansea do win on the final day, there's a fair chance. Well, I'll owe you an apology in, in the next podcast, Gareth. I, I, I will. I well, will apologise. I can't see it. Swansea are just. They're just in an absolute. They're in a tailspin. I can't see them getting out. Of do it, Do you think that if they go down, there's a real possibility of them staying down or going further down. Well, if you, I think Carlos Carvajal was a re, there's a reason they got a championship manager. Yeah, in. I, that's exactly what I thought when he was appointed. <laughs> so, I know. I think that's what we. I think they might have even discussed that yeah. here because the lack of ambition or the lack of they didn't even waste it. It was, it was a sideways move completely, yeah. wasn't it? But it, but they appointed him within 24 hours, so that means they must have been talking to him. So at what mm. point do you target so? Far below what you yeah. kind of what you should really be going for. I mean, that's a, the, a lack of ambition there, and giving him very little money, very little chance to do anything. I mean, but he just charmed his way him? into. He got that bump. He and got the and, new and also, bump. to be fair, even if they go down, they have improved with him. I think, despite you know, they've had a, they've had a well, tough six weeks. Um, yeah, that's an oxymoron. But we'll, they've lost seven games. Yeah, they have. But I, I think they had. They were gone. They, they weren't. Competitive for a long time before he and, turned up, and they're not competitive. But well, that's that's by the way. I, I see what you mean. He he's kind of bringing a different sort of. Mentality he, he's made there, them a football team again, and they weren't for a while. I don't think. No, they were. They, yeah, but Clement. Listen, Clement had his merits as well. So I'm I mean, a huge fan of Clement, but I, yeah, it was a sideways move, and it didn't really give him a chance either. Gareth Stoke. Now, as a team that's gone down, they have talent in their team that that will be the envy of others. That in terms of signings for maybe top six teams potentially sure. so do you think it's a I mean that must be an extra galling for them to have gone down in the way they did yeah and I, I I think the signings in the last two years has been the key reason why they've gone down it's it's been a real mishmash of players there's a lot of players who they signed who aren't even in the squad anymore there was uh, three or four players excluded by Paul Lambert <laughs> mm. I mean uh, people like Saido Berahino and uh, Hesse, um, along he's with Afolay. Yeah, if he won the Champions League, didn't he? he he's one of the <laughs> a myriad of Barcelona players they brought through, brought in, like uh, Boyan as well. Yeah. Um, Boyan, yeah, Boyan just didn't seem to get... He was all right for a good bit, wasn't he? I yeah, think. he just seemed quintessentially unstoke-like. Yeah. But it's when um, they had, it's when they had the, the, the attacking sort of triumvirate and they had Bojan and Anatovic and Shakiri, and it was like, this isn't Stoke, what's happening here? This is great. And for about, for, about, for about eight months or even a year, they, they looked like an attacking force, an exciting yeah. team of beating United every time they were putting up a good fight with Arsenal and Chelsea. And then, yeah, the, the recent signings have just absolutely torn that to pieces. It's just yeah, it's dreadful, dreadful I mean, now, yeah. Uh, who was the central midfielder they brought in in Imbula? Imbula, who's now back out in yeah. he, somewhere, in, somewhere in Europe, isn't he? 
but he's, he's, he's not he's not in the league anymore. They shipped him out. They're record signing. And the players and the the players not wasting any time in just sticking the boot in or the knife in. I mean, Butland was the yeah. most damning, just wasn't he? Digging yeah. out teammates that that can't be good for preseason morale. Yeah, but I mean, that, there's an assuredness about that. He's like, yeah. I'm not. Right. He's not going to be here. Damn, you know. So, but deservedly so as well. I mean, it's yeah. He 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 did make the point that. At some point, the team had been completely misshapen, and all the transfers were, were terrible. And it's it's probably the major factor, um, along with that that slightly depressing course from retail, where you know you have a series of top half finishes, and then the fan base starts sort of agitating for yeah. oh there must be more than this. And uh, as terrible it is, say oh be happy with your lot, you know eighth in the Premier League is fine, um, and you know everybody wants to do better. There should be. Yeah, you, sometimes you need to cast a glance backwards and remember how perilous your position can be sometimes. Yeah, and realise how far they've come. Yeah. But that's hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? I of think course. we look at, you look at, you know, not West Brom and Stoke and the old kind of, just the way that managers have changed. You're like, well, you know, you had it good with them. I mean, even managers that are just, that have this weird way of looking back at decisions that are somehow spinning it in their own favour, such as, let's move on to Jose Mourinho. Perhaps might be a nice way to move on to him, particularly after Brighton and Hove Albion. And him using that as a chance to blame the journalist in presence. He goes, I told you these guys weren't any good. What? I've been telling you I this for you ages. Who's the guy? You, and are you, if anything, I'm glad that we lost to Brighton just to prove, just yeah. to prove that Rashford is on the ropes. Martial, he seems to be touting him out to Chelsea, which, which mm. seems incredibly, I mean, that seems insane. Like someone that's someone that's of that age, if you don't give someone a run in the team beyond a few games, well, I mean, like Gareth, Martial, outside of fantasy football points, would you touch him as a, a you know for another Premier League team, top six team, surely? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's he, he feels like one of those players that needs to be nurtured a little bit, um, and he's obviously drifted right to the periphery of uh, Manchester United's attack, but he's. You know, I think he's as good a, a forward as many teams would want to have. Um, and I mean, his age as well. Every, you know, he's very young still. Uh, apparently, it took him a little while to settle in Manchester, but you know, apparently, he's you know all good to go now. I, I mean, I feel even worse for for poor Rashford. I mean, they're throwing players under the bus, and I mean, he got chucked under an eighteen wheeler. <laughs> it, it was absolutely brutal. A poor guy. Just before the World Cup as well, it's like kind of cheers. It's that kind of little confidence booster. No, you're absolutely right. I think as well. You look at the development of some of the players there. It's almost like going forward, they're kind of left to their own devices. Go and prove me right. Go and earn yeah. the right to yeah. score goals. It's not like we're going forward in a in a structured way. You look at. I think they compared Ronaldo's numbers to Martial's numbers at the same point in the United careers, and there was kind of a. Not necessarily, well, there was a similarity in terms of the assist number, certainly, and the fact that Martial scored a good, healthy amount of goals. I think Martial could well, if he leaves United, could well be one of those um, one of those stories that haunts Mourinho again. You know, the, I mean, he's had, he's had, or six he's had it plenty of times, yeah. I mean, it could be in a few years' time he's at, you know, pick a team, pick any of the top European teams. He could be scoring 30 a season, looking superb, and people go, look, Jose, you don't yeah. believe in, in youth. And, and I think he's genuinely... Um, has the ability to be anything. He could be a top, top player. I think the problem is, as you touched on just then, uh, United don't necessarily train their attackers as a unit and they train everything else and then they let, let the guys get on with it. And I think for a, a lad, a young lad, 22, was he? 22. 
I think you need some direction. Mm. You, and, and I think you definitely, for, for a, a guy who doesn't speak, speak much English, he needs to have an arm around his shoulder and, and be told exactly what it is he's expected to do within that system. And f- Yeah, and from my experience playing, I mean, you, you look at the success of any of those top teams over the years and the, the, you know, the, the envy of developing the young players, knowing where you're getting the ball from and how you're getting the ball is vital. So the centre mid, how he's going to pop out to you or your, your left back if you're playing on the left. But Martial's played on both sides, but if you know where the ball's coming or you know when it's going in behind, it's like Vardy at the moment is just literally built for purpose, isn't he? It's yep. just like he knows when the ball's coming, he's on your shoulder and you're not going to, doesn't matter if you know he's there or not. Him. He's going to get past you because yeah. he's just re- he's just reading things so much quicker. But he, you, Vardy can't stop and be like a false knight. He can't drop in and get the ball and then start dictating the play. You know, like when Rooney tried yeah. to do that, and it just seemed like an anomalous. But what the young players certainly need to be able to establish themselves like that. I mean, two points on Mourinho. Firstly, um, time and time again, he's proved that he's not a great judge of uh, of attacking talent. Of humans. Of humans. Um, I mean, you know, the list of people like uh, Kevin De Bruyne and, and Salah uh-huh. coming back to haunt him is, is quite impressive. And secondly, he's, for a man who you wouldn't expect to be at a club for a particularly long amount of time, he's absolutely selling their future. Uh, last year, he brings in Ibrahimovic. This year, he brings in Sanchez, who's 29. Um, and the players he looks like he wants to discard are... 20, 21, 22. And, and bringing in Willian, who's, who's 30, from Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the wrong way around. Yeah, and obviously yeah. He, wants to, he wants to win. He feels there's certain players who can do that, but any notion that he's attached to that club or any one club for a length of time is, is laughable. But I will defend him on this, and that is that um, Conte this season came out and said at Chelsea he's not in charge of who leaves the club, and it hasn't been the case uh, for years at that club that the manager gets to choose. So with that in mind, I think maybe there's only a certain amount you can blame Mourinho for Salah and De Bruyne leaving. However, he has dug his own players out at that age and it doesn't seem like it's uh, a big stretch to imagine that maybe he was behind those moves for Salah and, and De Bruyne and it has bitten him in the arse yeah. and I think it's going to happen again. And you're absolutely right. I mean, if you're taking out Martial at 22 and potentially Rashford going, you're going to have an elderly front line in a couple of years of, right. of people making half a million quid a week but who can't play every game because... Legs don't last forever. Yeah, the Chelsea and the Chelsea. It doesn't matter who you are. They just you know they don't bring through young players. It doesn't yeah. matter how good your young team is. Your youth team. We've seen it now. They're just you know the they what is it, they're on for a second treble in a row. It's, ins- mm. it's insane. You know, it's a, no it's one gets a, a sniff. Cleaner. No one gets a sniff, and they will get a sniff somewhere else. But what's the purpose of that? I mean, let's not. Do, I, I, I just want to come back to United quickly because I don't want to do Chris Hutton a disservice because I think mm-hmm. that I love the fact that he's included in the. Um, you know, a potential manager of the season. You think he deserves some plaudits for that, don't you, Gareth? The way he's kind of, he, he seems to have put, a, you know, that like that result against United wasn't necessarily, maybe United played badly, but he had a system and he, he, he implemented it against them. Oh, he's great. He's been incredibly consistent this season. I think I, I heard a fact that uh, Brighton essentially haven't been below 16th all season after the first two weeks. So it's not like they, they've dipped and gone up down and runs form. They've, They've quietly gone about things and and have had a very solid, fruitful season. And I think you can also see Hutton how he's developed as a manager over the last ten years, uh, and he's done really good jobs in every club he's been at. Norwich, he did very well. Uh, he came undone with some of the transfers that came in. Uh, Newcastle people still don't understand why 
he lost his job there. He got them promoted. Yep. Uh, and he's proving, you know, in Brighton that he's a very good manager. It'd be interesting to see what, how long he stays there, what he does next, and yeah, also yeah. how what his ceiling is, how high he can go. No, absolutely. Well, let's come back to that, and, and let's go back to asset stripping Stoke, because I'm sure there's a few people there we can kind of find new mm. clubs for. Joe Allen, Joe Allen to Celtic. I mean, if that's I, nailed on, isn't it? I mean, it must got, be nailed on. I, but only, what if he goes? What, what if what if a manager goes to Arsenal? though? but let's not. Let, we'll come back to that as well. Uh, and we haven't even touched on. Um, Spurs dying to get in the Champions League. Ah, the Groundhog Day of supporting Spurs. <laughs> and we'll be back after the break with that. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome back. Uh, uh, we are here looking forward to this weekend's games, the final uh, set of games for the Premier League this season. Um, we've got games tonight, so we won't dwell too much on those, but we'll just let at the kind of overarching things that are happening in the league because Champions League places are still up for grabs, Gareth, and your beloved Spurs are have work to do. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think the air went out their season uh, somewhere during that FA Cup semi-final against Manchester United. Uh, weirdly, the moment that Sanchez scored, um, Spurs have looked like a team basically out of ideas and out of gas. Mm. Uh, the only win they've got since then was... Uh, Watford the other week, which was deeply unconvincing, yeah. and I think says more about how how long uh, Watford have spent on the beach at this point. <laughs> I mean, I think they've got the chalet up and everything. <laughs> what do you think? But the- I hope Will Hughes is in the shade, by the way. He's oh, he, he is a burner. He's a fair man. I've yeah. always yeah. Well, I'm a big Will Hughes fan. Uh, I mention him every single time I'm on this podcast. I, yeah, yeah I think I do as well. I literally I can't stop mentioning. Him. He's like, still I, like I'm a, a massive good, fan of Will Hughes. Like a really good plane. Busy player Get him Spurs, on the plane actually. to Russia. <laughs> on the plane. Well, there's probably space now. I think. Don't think. I think Loftus Cheek is as the uh, uh, engine room of England. Is that not right? Yeah, I, I would. Let's get on this later. But 100 percent start all of them. Oh, I mean, right. Loftus Cheek's oh, yeah. in premium economy for me. He's not just on the plane. Um, <laughs> premium, premium economy. Yeah, without diversion too far, very quickly going back to the. Uh, Chelsea no, young back, players, yeah. it would be really interesting to see where Loftus-Cheek fits in next season. You would think he has a place in midfield there. Kurt Zuma as well, getting back. I mean, that guy's he's a great defence centre defender, isn't he? Is he coming back? And Chalabar's going to be uh, a signing against Zuma. Oh, is he? I don't know. I lost tra- I've genuinely lost genuinely track. Genuinely lost. Well, that's fine. I mean, there was a lot of track. Um, let's but come yeah, back Spurs. to Spurs. So, yeah, the Champions League. You guys are in pole position. You're in, you're in the driving seat, no? In theory, Spurs, yes, if Spurs are... Uh, win their last two games then they can finish third take automatic qualifying and all is well um Newcastle at home followed by Leicester at home both should be should be doable but I'm not 100% convinced and that's half me as a Spurs fan and half me just seeing how they've played recently yeah I think that um Pochettino teams seem to start slowly in the season and tire towards the end so there's definitely a um pattern here uh there's you know repetition of that harry kane is patently not fit um and now it'll be interesting to see if he can either even recover his fitness for the world cup has it exposed your options then i mean because the older older stuff the just the lack of like strengthening or looking to kind of think beyond just getting to the end of the season, you know. That's I don't know. If that's a Levy strategy. Levy loves just to pick up a bargain or to keep his cards close to his chest. The new ground is obviously a big distraction as well with that. 
Um, I think so. I mean, it's a smaller squad than some, but it was a squad that was reinforced and bolstered uh, both in the summer and also in January with uh, Lucas Moura. And the the biggest issue to me is, and it's obviously very hard as a Spurs fan to criticise Pochettino, is that, but he's cut his nose off spite his face with Danny Rose and Alderweireld. Yep. He obviously doesn't think they have a future in the club. They're, there is probably a directive from on high in terms of moved them on, this is their peak value. Although I wonder how much they would get this off-season yeah, as opposed to last year. It seems to have waned quite quickly yeah. with them too, which yeah. is something that's not necessarily as common. I mean, with last season, that's last season perhaps being the anomaly. Yeah, totally. I mean, but they should have rotated both those players in much more this year. And now Ben Davies on the left especially looks very spent and not the player he was. Trippier's for the first been, yeah, he's not been as good as, as he is. Well, there's a few of them that have just not necessarily delivered in the way that you or stepped up in the way that yeah. I would say he was hoping. Well, I, I think, think Trippier's has been quite exposed this year yeah. Yeah. Uh, defensively. I think he isn't Kyle Walker. Um, I mean, on no one on the pitch is he Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker Peters was almost well, Kyle Walker. Cross. I mean, he, he was as close to Kyle Walker as you can get in every yeah. sense of Kyle Peter Walker's. <laughs> I, I think last year. Um, uh, Trippier actually probably outperformed slightly, yeah. and he's coming back to his his expected level. But um, so the strange thing to me was how quickly they brought Harry Kane back when in the the games where he was missing, when they moved Son into the middle, brought in an extra player like Lamella, they looked great. And don't yeah. forget that their arguably their biggest win of the season was against Chelsea without Harry Kane. They won three one. They looked great, fluid going forward as well, yeah. and they were interchangeable, and they were. Exactly, yeah. and you can't have... I mean, Kane does do that. He's, he's a good player, but right now he's not even a mobile player. He mm. can't... Every time he drops, he's then huffing and puffing to get back up. It's a worry, isn't it, pitch. though? That's, it. That's a huge worry. Because he's... It's, you know when you see players of his kind of calibre, but also his style, they're the ones that are affected by injuries the most. Things that they just don't necessarily recover for because they've not been allowed to, you know, like in the diminishing... He's far too young to, for me to say diminishing, but, you know, the way that kind of Owen got affected by his hamstrings, like Shearer when he got older with his knee. It's like kind of things that just... That then clubs were so dependent on them that yeah. they just lent on them. And you get that feeling that their Pock... And Harry, in his own character, strikes me as the kind of person that's like... I'll I'll go through it. I'll put myself through it yeah. a bit more for the club than I should, you know. Well, the I mean, this this may raise a snort of derision when I make the comparison, but uh, the situation is actually very similar to what happened to Marco Van Basten, whose ankles were basically destroyed um, through you know injuries and tackling, and it was the same injuries in the same place which eventually did for him. And obviously, I'm not. Comparing the two, Harry Kane's a much better player. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, pure, purely in terms of injury and how you can curtail a promising no, no. career. It w- and hopefully that's not the case, but it does make you worry. The, the the point you make about them being similar players is the fact that Harry Kane never pulls out. He doesn't pull out of anything and he loves to kind of, he'll just, it's margins, tiny, tiny margins. He's not like, like cantering past people. He's just like using great technique and yep. great finishing so his foot is generally left in there it's the same Van Basten was the same he's not like kind of you know Ibrahimovic was the same you know he's a guy that is big so he will get a lot of clattering and that I find that that, that can wear you down it's attrition isn't it but it feels like Harry Kane thinks he owes the club something and so he's constantly putting himself on the line coming back early from an injury it's 
it's not just him who's decided that, is it? They've, they've got to no. go through several channels to make sure that happens. But all the way through, it, he'll be positive, saying, "Yeah, I want to come back." But they, they should have done the sensible thing and, and seen, like you said, we're playing well without him. What's an extra two or three weeks? Let's just let's just try it. Let's not risk his long-term health for the sake of, you know, a couple of, you know, at most a couple of points in the league where we already feel confident that we're going to get top four anyway. Sure, and I think the most damning thing is when you look at Spurs recently, they, they've been quite cautious for bringing players back. I mean, we touched on the out of road situation, but they held him out and held him out, saying, yeah, not ready yet, not ready yet. And then suddenly with Harry Kane, it's a different situation. Yeah, and it's strange, They're wasn't marvelling it? about his powers of recovery. That something doesn't quite add up there. No, and the, there isn't a particularly clear line of communication with the fans or with anyone. So I think that's Levy's thing. Levy is, his ability to run that place as a tight ship and as a business is uh, perhaps again in a bit incongruous with other teams in the Premier League because he doesn't bow to pressure. That's the one thing that Levy is no. admirable for, but yeah. at the same time might cause a lot of frustration amongst your fans. You know, I mean, and actually, and that's why Pochettino is the perfect foil because he loves that too. He gives nothing away in interviews and in the. Uh, in his presses, and also in terms of injuries, he'll give you the vaguest answer humanly possible. So those two are like peas in the pods. They're brilliant. And is that, you know, we talk about Mark Hughes and the dark arts. I think he's the kind of guy, Pochettino's the dark forces. There's dark forces against us. Now you got beat, mate. You got beat in your team. You haven't, you know, there's something. No, yeah. no, there's something. something there's else something else. It really <laughs> is something that I'm certainly not accountable for. Yeah. Um, you know, Don't and neither's Dan. No, we've got a nice new ground coming. We've got, you know, we're going to serve... Um, you know, a nice beer, and it's going to have a nice pitch, and we're going to have some NFL there, and it's going to yeah. be lovely. And, it's bit, you know. But it does feel like it does so. feel like this is the <laughs> this is the the peak for Spurs of the last sort of thirty years. And if they don't, you know, do something with this, if they don't capitalise now, what happens? Because Ali and Kane might not stay forever. You could have uh, this beautiful new stadium, and if you're not filling it week in week out, it can become very much a burden can't it let's just move on to the idea of say uh, Arsenal saying one of the best managers in Europe and he happens to be from Argentina as well say they bring someone like Simeone in that would just uh, that would that would be a right uh, kind of thumb to the nose of the, the Spurs but yeah because I think he I don't think he'll come for a start but imagine he did imagine because I think Pock that's the only that's perhaps the only manager that's higher than Pock in terms of European stature at the minute, in t- uh, you know, in terms sure. of potential, and Pep being you know very unobtainable above that. Pog or Poch? Poch. Poch for me. Poch for me as well. Sorry, yeah. mate. I like I, I, I've never asked him personally though. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, what? But but Arsenal. So let's move on to Arsenal because I'm not going to dwell on uh, Wenger leaving. I think it's been you know. Yeah. Sorry, what? It, it is, yeah. Arsenal What? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Breaking news on it's, the whistleblowers. Uh, it was, uh, you know, one of those weird things where he's just kind of waving around the ground and half the people are like, just hurry up and keep moving. And the rest of them are like, yeah. this is really emotional. And it was nice to see everyone come out and Arsenal fans truly like kind of actually, you know, he achieved great things for us. But yeah, again, just hurry along a little bit. You know, maybe half a lap uh, would have done them. Um, but they, yeah, they've got two pretty horrible away games for the end of the season. There's nothing, got, their season's going to peter out. The big news for them is going to be Huddersfield was one of them, but uh, I can't remember the other one was. It was wasn't a particularly nice game for them. Um, the fact that they're going to be signing a new manager is going to be the biggest thing for Arsenal in their last twenty year history. Yeah, yeah. So 
you know, and how important that is not to just be someone that's going to be getting booed after being 2 0 down in the first but 10 they've, minutes. They've, in they've, the, seen, the they've seen what happens directly. Um, but that's for, for humanity. Thing, right? like that's humanity. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, look at Leicester. Leicester win, Leicester win the league and then within six months, Ranieri's yeah, gone. <laughs> it's mad. But I mean, they've got a direct comparison here with, with United and Ferguson. They can see what can go wrong. And United are now, was it five seasons without really challenging for the league at all? I mean, Arsenal are not in anywhere near the same situation as United were when Ferguson left. They could drop like a stone, mm. or if they get the, the right appointment, it could just be, they could be delighted with fifth next year, couldn't they? And that, that's not a lot of expectation for a club of that size, for a new manager to come that's in. That's true. Yeah, they can come He's in. He's left the bar low. Good of Arsenal. And, and I'm sure that's Arsenal. long-term plan. Yeah, Arsenal was like, just leave the bar. Like, you know, leave something in it for the next guy. You know, I'd, I when I first, I, my very first flat I bought, I bought this off this really sound old geezer, and he was like, "Do you know what? I've left." Uh, he sold it to me for ten Doesn't grand. Sound like cheaper. buying a flat. It sounds like buying a pack. It was of in Torquay, I think. Yeah, no, but it was really, it was nice. In Torquay, I still own the place. He's um, uh, so it's empty. If anyone uh, is looking for a flat in Torquay, TQ One area. And no, it was the fact that he just said, "You know, I've, I sold it to me for ten grand cheaper than the market buying." He's like, well, "I've left," you know. I've left a bit in it for you. I'd assumed that what he'd left in it for me was, was some, something horrendous in the loft. A couple of corpses. But, yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't that. It was just the fact. And I went, that's very old school. It's kind of very noble, nice thing to do. And, you know, he was a very sound guy. But um, I don't was know it Arsene Wenger? Wenger? Is that the I point? I think it was Arsene Wenger. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. Was <laughs> but he is doing that, isn't he? He's, he's saying, here's the keys, mate. It's very you easy. Were... It's not like Ferguson, who yeah. absolutely, the wheels had come off. He rode it into, he, he rode it in and the wheels were falling off and it just kind of, uh, the fuel was empty and he just got off and went, right, I'm going to sit up there and watch you <laughs> for the rest but he'd won, yeah, but he'd, of my days. But he'd won, the league with, he'd won the league with, on paper, a pretty average side. You know? And I think actually he'd probably won the league a few times with, with an average side, not really invested properly. He had this mid- centre midfield blind spot for a number of years. Um, Cleverson. Who was that? Cleverson. <laughs> Cleverson, <laughs> Phil Neville. I mean, Pickham. Pickham, the reason Pogba left in the first place was because he was playing Raphael and Phil Jones in the middle of the park. Um, but having said that, I mean, Arsenal, if you come into that club now, they, they have got quite an exciting forward line to look at. They need, they need gutting at the back. And sent them midfield. I was going to say, if, if you're going to push gone. the yeah. the house out there, it's just beautiful facade, and then you walk through, and there's actually nothing, no scaffolding <laughs> at the yeah. back. No, yeah. um, it's just a painting on the front. Yeah. So I mean, their their best player, you know, outside of the attacking for the last ten years has been Koscielny, and he looks done. I mean, he's out for six months, so he's obviously uh, not going to be featuring the start of the season, but he's had chronic issues. He's with... He's 33 as well. With his is it his Achilles, yeah. which is not that's not, not a, a good thing, thing to no, have. Not a good, and he's he's a, a mobile defender who relies on on pace and quickness rather than uh, you know physical attributes. So I think uh, there's there's some issues. They have fullbacks who can't defend. Um, most of the other setbacks they brought in around them probably aren't up to par, and yeah. still somehow. They don't have a, a, somebody can tr- control the game in the middle. No. You look, you look like you're enjoying and saying all. You really look like you're enjoying saying all. But that. somehow there was a, there was a there color was, in your cheeks, guys. Somehow they will probably still No, but you're right. The centre halves, they've just, especially from a club that had 
that was a kind of archetypal thing, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Having a kind of flagship hero at the back, you know, per, per second. And, and nod to him, he's retired now, and yeah. what a colossus, uh, you know, of a, of a player he's been for, you know, Germany and Arsenal over the years. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've lost. <laughs> Again, I think you know we we can kind of veto a couple of your points on Arsenal. No, but the back four unit as a whole at Arsenal, back five with, with the keeper was always revered, wasn't it? That was always like what, what a unit they are. Brilliant. The comedy sketches written about them, all sorts. Sure. But but now it feels like um, yeah, you're right. The fullbacks cannot defend at all. They got two dodgy, three or four dodgy centre backs that they rotate, and uh, a keeper who I just wouldn't trust. No. Coupled with this this thing they've had for the last ten years, just a lack of steel in the spine of the team, and mm. especially the centre midfield. I mean, I don't know if they're thinking Shaka is the answer to that. Well, we, we've seen enough of him now to know he's not. You need to sort out your recruitment, yeah. And they'll hope that the new manager, whoever he is or she, will bring in maybe two hundred million quid's worth of, of players, retru- maybe, recruitment. Maybe Shakiri is centre midfield. Shakiri with those <laughs> snooker table legs. So, of so the one, the one uh, positive I would say, and it is a long shot, but. Uh, it would be incredible if uh, Santi Cazorla could come back and yeah. contribute next year. He's obviously 33, 34 now. Um, he hasn't played in two years, but apparently he's he's back in training. And if he if he can feature next year, I mean, he's an incredible player. I mean, part of his legs on his arm now. So well, that's, yeah. uh, his shin has, has, that's, <laughs> is an inch shorter than it used to be. I the just man, feel like, reading I mean, between the lines, the I feel like he can't come back. They're pinning their hopes on... This, yeah, Dougie Barda sort of character. I mean, it's going to be tough. It would be great. I, but it would be great if he came back. But I think probably breaking a lot of Premier League rules, having a robotic man in the yeah, middle of, I'm fairly, yeah, middle this, of the park. Yeah, it's $6 million man. I mean, that's not even a lot of money for not a man anymore. anymore so. it, it would be a great story for him to come back, and it would provide a lot of balance to that side. But and Everyone <laughs> blamed mean, him for them not being good as well. It's like Kenneth yeah. Iron Ramsey. Yeah. Oh, it's Nice Santi But I said they me. needed steel in the Alexis. middle. Alexis always oh, scored more. Everyone blamed him. And now, and we talk about steel, and they've got Aubameyang, like Lacazette. Yeah. Mkhitaryan. Yeah, <laughs> you've got those three up front. But we talk about, look like you want good... steel in the side, but you don't want to play a player made predominantly of steel from the waist no. down in your side. No, it definitely weighs you down. Yeah. But all right, well let's uh, let's have a look at um, well what else we've got this weekend. So if those if if we're looking at those three down, are we are are you hopeful, Gareth? And not well, maybe I shouldn't ask Gareth this. Mark, um, top four Champions League places. You're you're saying that Spurs, I mean Chelsea, are your only competition really, aren't they, guy? Who, who's Spurs got? Liverpool, Liverpool already in there, aren't they? Yes, uh, no, they're not. Uh, so Liverpool. Hang on a minute. Liverpool what have happened? one. Liverpool have we, one game left, and. Uh, so if Spurs were to win their last two, oh, they would finish. The Champions League, that's right. Oh, sorry, there you go. There you go. But, so, so that's, here, a, that's a given. Here is the secret <clears throat> quiz. If um, Liverpool fall to fifth, uh, Chelsea finish third and Spurs fourth, and then Liverpool win the Champions League, the fourth-place team does not get a spot. So Spurs, for the second that. time in five, six yeah, years, would lose out <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> To a fellow Premier Delicious League team, in general, though, isn't it? I thought the fourth place this year doesn't have to do a qualifier. Yeah, I think this year for the first time, there's there's no qualifying for the four Premier League spots. Mm. Well, I'd fancy Spurs to, to to get top four anyway. I mean, I know pressure's on, and it could get all very Spursy very quickly. But I feel like they've got enough enough. Um, Sort of mental strength to get through it. I well, think Derby. Let's let's, yes. let's touch on Derby because you've got of Premier League a, contenders. Yeah, you've got a long weekend in hell mm. coming up. Yes, Friday to Monday. Yeah. So um, yeah, we've got the first leg of the playoffs against Fulham at Pride Park on Friday night. 
Uh, up until the 97th minute of that last game of the season, we were playing Villa, uh, Villa in the uh, playoffs, and I thought that is a, that is a not an easy fixture at all, but one that I'd prefer. Yeah. Villa, good side, probably on paper after Wolves, the best squad in the division, but something still not quite right with them. We played them away recently. Only, only uh, they equalise against us in the 84th, 85th minute. I feel like we've got their number much more so than this Fulham side currently, who, aside from that game against Birmingham, and it was their biggest game of the season, and they were playing their full-strength yeah. team, and they lost 3-1 to Birmingham, so anything can happen. But aside from that, they've been outstanding. Since Christmas, they've been yeah. absolutely unbelievable. They are, but this is the, this is the playoffs. This is the kind anything of... Anything can happen. The reset button, and, and Derby for a strange... This is a strange opportunity for you guys to be the... Un- the un- unequivocal underdogs in this match because everyone's just like the Session Kearney, the yeah. irresistible nature of the way they play. Everyone actually wants Fulham to, well, I do, because I'd, I'd buy a season ticket just to be down in the river and, you know, suiting my new uh, middle class Ponzi outlook on life, um, just be a, a Fulham fan. No, but man, as a true Derby, East Midlands. I think um, it suits us this time. Uh, we were saying off air beforehand, me and Gareth, that actually this time it's we're, we're not. Favourites and mm. and it might be uh, might be to our advantage. I think. Yeah. Well, let's I don't know. I just Martin. I don't know. I feel I put, sick. I should have put. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I feel sick and, yeah. About and it. no offence to uh, Fulham fans. I'm not calling you points. It, it was just. <laughs> it was just a besmirch of me. But but what happened last year was in in, in uh, last year year before one of our myriad uh, playoff failure years. I mean, within within the first sixty minutes of the first leg, we're three 0 down at home, and that's just that's it. And as long as we can have some sort of discipline in our side and our performance at home yeah. th- there's always this chance with, with the playoffs I, I feel like Fulham might be on a bit of a downer since their loss at Birmingham but my, my head says we haven't really got a chance but obviously it's the playoffs I know it's, you've got your mouth in it that's what I can hear yeah. that's my, that's, <laughs> but anyway. why not I, I'll be there on Friday I'll be there on Monday Mate, I really hope you do it Just my brother lives in Derby and uh, oh, uh, he's then. got a spare season ticket so I really hope <laughs> He won't he have a third the pram. He won't. He definitely won't. Um, Gareth, uh, w- uh, just a word on what you've been up to recently or what's going on for you. It's a, a busy time in the music industry um, and football you're getting to just phase out now a little bit. I mean, this is. do you even get some downtime? Because you're a, a, a fantasy football fanatic and also just to let everyone know, Gareth won our fantasy football league, which isn't just a fantasy football league. It's a way of life. So uh, the f- won it already. The season isn't over yet. <laughs> Just is that that far. Well, we 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 end with the penultimate week of the season to avoid having the situation where on the last week teams get weird. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're very uh, <laughs> we're very purist about it. I like that. Really so purist, but also I think that you know there's 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 if we look back at it, there's been some weird weekends that you know maybe hurt other people in the league but we'll, we Dark won't arts. go into it yeah Dirk Arts as I like to know him <laughs> as um, that's what we're calling this podcast by the way um, anything you're coming up uh, to Gareth with your your artists or, or kind of in general uh, weirdly getting into a lot of jazz at the moment and that's not just a euphemism oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I was out in New York uh, one of our artists is just uh, Shigeto oh lovely who's an uh, electronic artist from Detroit has just started his uh, jazz ensemble mm. which is a, a deal me in exactly <laughs> it, it's it's a strangely popular strain of music at the moment it's uh, the new world of jazz is, is taking over so see me at uh, Ronnie Scott soon lovely lovely stuff uh, Mark you were um Stateside for a prolonged period of time. Yeah, I was over there. That was awesome. I did t- enjoy it. up the West Coast. It's the most interesting your Instagram stories have ever been. It's the first time I've really used it. I know. And uh, so what you're saying is 100% strike keep, rate. Keep it up. So oh, yeah, no, a lot of baseball. Lot yeah, I was over there watching uh, some basketball, some baseball, just uh, with the boys for a couple of weeks. That was great. Yeah, yeah, it was ideal. It's a very different experience watching 
teams that you don't care about. It's not intense. You mm. just relax and you know just drink and eat. It's in a way, it's sort of just what I want. Yeah, Derby County. I I love them, but I also they put me through hell. They do, and I'm, I don't I, want that. We've got another another week of it to go. I yeah, know. So. I might go back to America tonight. Listen, Mark, it's been a pleasure having yourself here, Gareth. Thank pleasure you to you me. too. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. That was the Whistleblowers. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.